My name is Philia, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Yemi. Hey, guys. Welcome to Treading Faith. Treading Faith is a weekly podcast dedicated to diving into the deep end of open, honest, fun, and sometimes difficult conversations that surround everyday life and our faith walk with Christ. I always say, faith cannot rely on the wisdom of men, but only in the power of God. So Yemi, what are we diving into today? Well, Philia, we are in the season of unlocking wisdom, where we examine the book of Proverbs, which is designed to communicate foundational truths in order to give us guidance for living a successful life through the wisdom and knowledge of God. Today, we are talking about excuses. Mm -hmm. How many of us make excuses? I think we all have excuses. (laughs) We have excuses for everything. I don't know how that became a fixture in our life that we can have an excuse for everything. But the wise persons who wrote um, the book of Proverbs told us that we need to forget about excuses and learn, learn from certain creatures and animals (laughs) why we shouldn't be making excuses in our lives. So I'll be reading from Proverbs 30 verses 24 to 28. It begins, four things are small on the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. The ants are not strong people, but they prepare their food in the summer. The Shephanim are not mighty people, yet they make their houses in the rocks. The locusts have no king, yet all of them go out in ranks. The lizards you may grasp with your hand, yet it is in the king's palaces. Amen. Amen. This is kind of like a funky little proverb. (laughs) Yes, very. I mean, I'm glad that we are have this book to kind of guide the interpretation because I don't know what I would have made of this <laughs> if I read it on my own. I probably would have just skipped it, not knowing what to make of it. But in 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 these this wisdom series, we have talked about the ant a couple of times, and we know that the ant is a diligent and hardworking, and that's uh, one of the characteristics of being wise is to be diligent and hardworking. So there's no surprise that the ant shows up again. But this is like there are four small things on earth, but they are exceedingly wise. Imagine that exceedingly wise. So obviously, we need to learn from these creatures, right? Because it says. The ant is not strong. <laughs> what does that mean to not be strong? I think there's times in our all of our lives where we felt like we were weak, like we couldn't do something. It's very easy for us to make excuses. I know my excuses like my back hurts, my arm hurts. I mean, these are real, right? My back hurts, my arm hurts, my leg hurts, everything right. hurts. Sometimes I'm tired, I have a headache. You can hear me saying all of these things. I don't feel like getting up. My legs are swollen. Happens. My, my, all these things are really true, but they're just excuses for not being diligent because mm-hmm. the ant, no matter what, keeps moving forward. Right. Um, what do you think about the ant's diligence, Celia? I, I, first of all, I love the fact that they use the ant because I am in a weird way fascinated with ants and I'm also grossed out by them because I have the phobia of anything in little bunches. I start to like really get hives, but like I'm constantly staring at them whenever I see like dirt and it's raised. I know that there's a bunch of ants around, but what's interesting about the ant, you're right. They are not strong. 
but they are well-organized creatures. And you're right, they do keep moving. They um, provide a, a worthy example of what true diligence is, what dedication is. They have foresight, they're industrious, and they do everything little by little, and they keep their colony fed. So it makes me think that, first of all, they're purposeful. They're not going to just, if you watch an ant, they're not just strolling just to stroll and, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I'm just going to go for a stroll today and look at the sun. Like, they're not doing that. Like, everything they do when they set out of that colony, it's for a purpose, is to go bring back, you know, food to the colony, help build it, keep it, replicate. Like, that's what we're supposed to do. So it makes me feel like, God doesn't want us to have excuses. Like we have to keep moving. You cannot be stagnant or you cannot be, you know, just in one place because that's a form of laziness. That's a form of being sloth like. That's like being, you know, a, 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 a sloth or, or a slug. You have to continue to move because, first of all, when you keep moving, then things keep happening. When you keep moving, you're making progress to something at least, right? In and as long as you're moving in a particular uh, in the right direction, then there's going to be a result at the end of it. So it just makes me feel like we have to make our lives worthy. God put us here for a reason. He put us here for a purpose. We're all here to have some type of divine purpose. So staying still is not what it is. That's true. We are never going to reach our divine purpose by being still. And and the and it is a great example of diligence because despite <laughs> the, the weakness and the lack of strength, there's no excuse to the hard work. They continue to be diligent. I mean, in, the, in this proverb, it says they prepare their food for the summer. So they're always in preparation. So we don't have an excuse for not trying to prepare. Yeah, we, we may have some issues that may make us a little slower, that may make us have to take more breaks, that, that may change the way we do things. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't prepare. We should always prepare for the future. No excuses. <laughs> no excuses, right. And so you know what? It, it, it's such a short proverb, right? And that's what makes it kind of ironic because it's short, but it's so it's so packed with layers of, of what we're supposed to be doing. You know, it gives these instructions. They're short, but sweet and succinct and powerful, right? Like the ant, <laughs> you know, um, but it's about us cooperating with others. It's about being helpful. It's about, you know, being prudent. It's about being reflective. It's about our due diligence. It's, it, there's so much that an ant does. And that's why, as mighty as we are, we're also compared to them as small and tiny. It's almost like the idea of this tiny mustard seed has the power of being the most luscious, biggest, largest tree. I feel like that's like the what an ant does. It's small, but it's mighty. And we can't we have to put ourselves like um in in that same mindset. It's like, you know, little, they say little grains of sand makes a mighty land. Little drops of water makes a mighty ocean. 
Take things little by little. Don't stand still. Make sure that everything you do, you're diligent, you're you're purposeful, you have a plan and action in mind. You cannot just do things just to do them. Um, you have to have a goal, a mindset, so that we can all have the ability to attain it with prayers and 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 purpose. So I think that this was a great example of using the ant so that we can also follow suit. Yeah, I think the ant is a great example. And we've seen it time and time again. But the other creatures that are mentioned in this proverb are, are less familiar to us. Like the next one is the cephanim. Yes. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I have never heard of it. <laughs> it is like a hamster. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess let's call it a hamster that lives in the wild, like an old time hamster. Right. And and so these are like cute little animals that live outside in the wild, but completely defenseless. Right. right? They're they're prey, they're they're vegetarians too, right? They don't really do anything. They're Harmless. Harmless, right. And their prey, and their prey to snakes and every kind of uh, eagles, everything tries to capture them. Mm-hmm. But what these animals do and, wh- and what, what we're learning is that although they are prey to pretty much everything, mm-hmm. they do not, they're not attacked as much. They're not, they do not fall victim mm-hmm. as much. And we know that one of the, primary excuses people do relies on victimization. They make themselves a victim. They say that they can't do it. People are going to take this. People do this. They blame everybody else for their problems. But here, these animals, cute little animals, so defenseless. They do not want to be the victim. They do not want to be killed. So they work together. They work together in a way. um, It says they're not mighty but they build their houses on rocks. Uh-huh. That means that they build a defense mechanism. Yeah. They have yeah. a way to secure themselves so that they not they do not fall prey. Uh-huh. Right? It says it says the and our book says that they do not have defenses uh-huh. against animals that would prey on them like leopards, snakes, wolves and eagles. Despite that, um everything wants to eat them. They're hunted on the ground and the sky but they don't fall victims to their predators. They use their greatest asset, which is their community. Is they kind of have one on the lookout that kind of warns each other. They kind of have these houses structures where they burrow, right? They get into places where they hide so that they can survive. Their survival depends on them being prudent, being wise about their surroundings to make sure that when they're going out to eat, it's a good time. When they're going out to hunt, it's a good time. When they're, when each person, each little animal takes, uh, takes a shift. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Everybody, but the other one is eating the neighborhood watch. (laughs) Neighborhood watch. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, um, this, this, this made me smile because I love to watch the nature channel. And I think of them as the meerkats, you know, always on the lookout, standing up from the little burrow, um, that they, that they make and they're always on the lookout. And then they, they do something similar where they have like a call to action whenever there's danger. And to think that they have no, like they could easily be preyed on, but they're not attacked all the time because their strength is their community, their prudence. Like you mentioned, their strength comes in 
um, I, I think their greatest asset is their community and that's also their greatest advantage. So it shows that they work together. You know, they're all a unified group. They're not tearing each other apart because if they did, they will, they will probably be extinct right now. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it makes me think that, that Solomon uses this animal to say, we also need to love thy neighbor. We need to strengthen our communities. We need to love each other. Even those who, 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 who are, are, are evil to us, you know, love them, love them because love will conquer, you know, be strong with them, fight with them, like be on one side because once you, what they say, you know, united, we stand divided, we fall. When you start to divide you, you are weaker, you know, you're, you're, you become a weaker link. But if you you are strengthened together, then nothing can break you. And I feel like this animal is is a prime example of what we should be as human beings. Right. I think growing in community, not allowing yourself to be a victim, mm-hmm. protecting yourself and protecting the people around you. Mm-hmm. When you look out for someone, they look out for you. Right. That's That cooperative nature can help you survive and overcome the excuses you have. There's no excuse if your neighbor, if you can go to your neighbor to seek refuge mm-hmm. um, and your neighbor can look out for you or just any little thing that you can work together in community where you can seek someone to look out for you in certain situations. Mm-hmm. I think we live in a place where we sometimes pride ourselves on being able to do everything and anything we can by ourselves, but that's not how we really survive. There's the African proverb, right? If you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, go together. Yes. I love it. So it's, it's, do you want to be fast Mm -hmm. and just be by yourself? You, you are faster, but it doesn't mean you're going to get very far and you're going to be by yourself. <laughs> but you want to get far, you got to go in a group so people can, one, look out for each other, encourage one another. It's it's so beneficial to be in a group, which takes us to our next animal in, in this proverb, which is the locust. Mm-hmm. Says, the locust has no king, yet all of them go out in ranks. Mm. What does that really mean? So the locusts, we know like locusts eat crops and they usually come in swarms, but apparently they don't really communicate or have this kind of direction. Mm. They kind of just tend to migrate together, but Mm. they don't really have a leader. Like we know bees have a queen bee. We know that there's a a big ant who's pregnant and everyone works around this ant. And so we have these other animal communities that have some kind of organization or leadership but not the locusts. They right. kind of just, it's kind almost like, you know, when, when you see a, bl- they always have this joke when a black person is running down the street, because <laughs> it's like, I don't know what danger you running from, but I'm a run too. Right. 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 <laughs> to find out. We don't ask no questions. We don't, we, we don't collect $200. We just go. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Um, it's interesting because the locust was also part of the plague and why farmers fear them the most. Um, I think where it says, you know, a a, a wise man in thinking of how the the locusts are creatures that are being feared. Yeah, I think, I think the author is telling us that we can learn from locusts because Mm -hmm. locusts 
move together, right? Mm-hmm. They, if a locust is by itself, it's not going to be able to be successful, mm-hmm. right? Let's say uh, it wants to eat, but if it goes to the, the crop and the farmer sees it, it's going to squash it. But like mm-hmm. you said, Julia, the farmers are afraid of locusts. If a swarm is coming, they're going to go run and hide. People are going to run and hide. They are in fear of these creatures because even though they do not have a direct leader, they still know how to accomplish a goal together. The same way as the ant, the same way of the little, what do we call a little hamster? Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They know how to do things together. So we, we don't have an excuse if we have community. Right. We don't have an excuse if there's someone else to go with us. We don't have an excuse if we have people. We we don't live in this world by ourselves. We don't grow in isolation. We grow in community. There's no reason why we should isolate ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I say that as almost like a conviction to me because I have been on some on an isolation point. Like, I don't want to deal with people. I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to hear people. Like, everything is disagreeable to me. I don't want this in my space. I want peace, all these things. But how much can I accomplish when I do it by myself? The fact that I do everything by myself makes me tired, makes me resentful, makes me grumpy, and makes my body hurt. <laughs> For real. Like, today, when I had to, to, to unload my car after my trip, I had to, I carried so many bags. I couldn't even hold my dog's leash. I had to let the dog off the leash. I'm like, you better just walk to the house because I can't hold everything and you. I'm it's short of me holding a bag in my mouth <laughs> because I don't want to make two trips, but right. I'm doing everything by myself. Yeah. And that's not how we get far. There's no reason why we can't help for ask for help. We don't need someone to tell us, hey, you two get together. Hey, um, this is how you move together. You see someone doing something that you want to do or accomplish, ask them, how did you do it? Can we work together? Can, can, um, can you be my accountability partner? I can be your accountability partner. I can, you know, check in on you for certain things. Will you check on me for certain things? Mm -hmm. There's a reason why there's so many people on this earth. God did not design us to be alone. Mm -hmm. He designed us to be in community. He designed us to have partners. And Mm -hmm. this is my true hope for everyone, that we see the value in other people. We don't make excuses when there is help. If this person, if your next door neighbor doesn't help you, guess what? You have a neighbor to your left. Yes. If the right says no, ask the left. If the left says no and the right says no, go across the street, go around the, we have, there's so many ample resources. We don't need to be discouraged and we don't need to make excuses because of one or two no's. We need to work together in community so we can go further. Amen. Amen. And it, and and basically what you're saying is that the secret of the success of the locust is to is their swarm in cooperation and that cooperation is the same as community. So although they don't have a owner the fact that they that they all work together makes others fear them. So that's the way as human beings we all have to learn to work together in cooperation. So we may also be feared by others. Now <laughs> The other now the, the the there is one more animal that it was compared to, but it talked about the lizard. Now the lizard, the application of the lizard was a little differently because it is small and vulnerable, but they are welcomed in every home, including the palaces of kings. Now the reason why is because they're so small, so it almost seems like they're inconspicuous, 
and they should not be feared because they're they're tiny. They're not going to um, cause any kind of ruckus or any problems. So, what is your take on the idea of the lizard? So the the uh, this is included in the proverb because. Although the lizard is like small, like we think about lizards and they're kind of slimy. Nobody wants them around, but they're small and you can catch them in your hands, right? right. That's mm-hmm. what it's saying, that it's so tiny, but it has a place in the king's palace. It has a place of importance because they're not really harmful. They may be annoying, but they're certainly helpful. In the context of the day, when this author wrote this proverb, in that day, they had these lizards or geckos or whatever in the palaces because they got rid of insects, right? They would eat insects. It's almost like some people have like a Venus flytrap. Some people have cats in their house or in their bodegas. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Catch the mice. Mm -hmm. So even though these, these animals are harmful and they really don't really... They don't have, have a job in a sense, right? Like they're not someone's pet. They provide a useful, they provide a useful uh, usefulness that allows them a place of high priority, right? The king is not going to expel them from their palace because they're useful. Mm-hmm. So too, the author is trying to tell us that it's wise for us to be useful. Like we can be tiny, right? Like we may feel like we don't have anything to give. Who am I, right? I'm amongst all these people who are geniuses. Who am I? I'm just the janitor. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just the, uh, the secretary. I'm just a lunch lady. We can diminish ourselves all the time. We look at ourselves in comparison to others. That is the way our culture is because we're always in competition with others. We're always in comparison. We want to be like somebody else. We want to have what somebody else has, but there's a place for everyone. As long as you're useful. As long as you can be in the biggest place in the world. You could be in the white house. And be and you and someone tells you that you're nothing, but as long as you're useful, there's a place for you. So it is wise to find something. Everyone has some kind of talent, even if it's nothing. Even if your talent is nothing, guess what? Walmart has greeters. If you're right. talented, you be careful. You can have a job being a greeter. There is space space for everyone in this world. I think that's most important because sometimes we have difficulty understanding our purpose, which right leads to us having uh, um, identity crisis or depression or anxiety in this world. But what we know is that there are many little things that we can do to be useful. Even if we compare ourselves to others and we say, who am I compared to this? I can't do this. I can't do this. There's little ways we can be useful. You can pick up trash in your neighborhood and just put it in the trash bag. You can help someone cross the street. You can go and say hi to someone who's sick and infirm and doesn't have anyone around them. Little things you can do to be useful. You would feel good and the person would feel good. This is what God calls us to be. This is a charitable endeavor to find some kind of usefulness in our lives. Amen. Amen. You know, I really love this uh, discussion because it helps us to understand, uh, you know, there is a saying in my, in my um, country that water always finds its level. And it shows that no matter who you are, what you are, where you come from, there's always a place for you. God has always made a place for us. And that's why we all have our purpose. And it's really our job to 
ask for discernment so that we can find what that purpose is. So there's never a situation that you have to ever feel left out because everyone is important in their own way. Um, I would love us. I can't wait for us to talk about this in our, in our live discussion. Um, but until then stay tuned for our announcements and our closing prayer. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. We hope you enjoyed our discussion on Unlocking Wisdom through the Book of Proverbs. Treading Faith is available on Apple, Spotify, and Google. Please check out our Instagram page for updates. And if you like us, spread the news and follow us. Don't forget to click that like button, and then you can comment and share with your family, friends, and neighbors alike. In today's topic on the grind of making excuses, God knows that all men have sinned and fall short of his glory, but he is only interested in our repentance, overcoming, and growth, not our excuses. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we gather today and come into agreement in this wonderful and powerful name of Jesus. Where two or more men are gathered, you will be in the midst of us, and anything we agree upon as touching you will surely do. Father God, there is no distance in the spirit and we thank you. We thank you for the person that we are praying and praying to be who deserves a prayer to stop making excuses as to why we cannot use them, Father God. Father, we ask you to please forgive us for not allowing you to use us as your desire. Father God, we have put off long enough right now and accept us because you desire for us to see our growth, to see that your kingdom advances. Father God, we come to you against all excuses about why we cannot be used and we rebuke them in the name of Jesus. We reject all excuses, Father God, and any further delay. Help us, Father God. We are praying for us to stop ignoring your call and to accept the fact that you have laid your hand upon us and desire to use us in your will, Father God. Father God, with an open heart, help us to embrace you, Father God, because we know that anything that you put your hands on, hands on, Father God, will always be graced and will always be, be full of mercy and abundance, Father. Father, please show us any excuses that we are holding on to, that we are keeping from, from you, Father God, so that it won't continue to let us block our blessings. We thank you for giving us the grace to follow your instructions and to stay in your midst, Father God. Father, we thank you for being patient with us. We recognize that at times of fear, when it comes into play, it paralyzes us and it keeps us from moving forward, even in the things that you desire for us to pursue, Father God. So we pray that you will grant us the courage and the boldness to take the first step by faith and knowing that you will, will guide us in each step, Father God. Help us to speak positivity into our lives, into our families' lives, into our children's lives, into our friends' lives, Father God. For we know that life and death is in the power of the tongue, Father God. Father God, we know that that 
that our potential for growth is only in your will, Father God, but you have planted that seed in us, Father, so that we can continue to be better, so that we can continue to be strive for righteousness, so that we continue to be blessed by your mercy and by your grace, Father God. You are the author of righteousness and you are, are all wise and all loving and all just, Father. We know that you are sovereign over all things and that you at work or at your best, Father God. So please help us today to take action. We humbly pray in the name of your dear son, Father God, from the words of our mouths to the meditation of our hearts, may it be accepting and pleasing to you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 We thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We hope that it resonated with you as much as it's resonated with us. We look forward to seeing you in our live next week, and we hope you thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy this podcast. Please don't forget to share with your friends, spread the word. We need all of your support. We love what we do, and we hope you do too. Until then, we'll see you soon. Enjoy your week and stay blessed.